You're listening to the Gathering Church Podcast, located in Asheville, North Carolina. The Gathering is a place where you can belong before you believe. To find out more, visit gatherashville.org. I got such a treat for you today. I got such a treat for you today. Mitch Lunsford is in the house, you guys. Listen, listen. When we came here to start this church, I I joined a family of churches called the Association of Related Churches. One of the things that they do to help you succeed is they partner you with a successful church plant that's just a little bit ahead of you, and they bring you in with a mentor relationship. They assigned me, Pastor Mitch Lunsford of Piedmont Chapel in Greensboro, North Carolina. It is the greatest church in the middle of North Carolina. I guarantee it. Nobody does it better. And Pastor Mitch came alongside me, and the only thing he was required to do was make sure I didn't screw up. But he did so much more than that. Mitch is more than a friend to me. He is a brother. He is family to me. Every success we have had as a church, Mitch has invested in. He has been a part of it. Every loss we have had, every bad day I have had as a pastor, Mitch has been there. You gotta understand, church, if you have, if your life has been changed by the gathering church, Pastor Mitch was a part of it. He has been a part of it. He he is the one who I call when I need to celebrate. He is the one who I call when I need somebody to know how mad I am. He is the one I call when I want to quit. And he talks me out of it. And then he calls me and I talk him out of it. And we celebrate and we cry and we have fun. And do we have a good time? We have a good time together. Would you please stand and welcome Pastor Mitch Lunsford to the stage. I love you. Well, what's up, church? Hey, man, you guys can grab a seat. But as you're grabbing a seat, uh, where I come from, we say that uh, church is, it's okay to have fun in church. Can I get a good amen? There we go. I'm just making sure I'm with my people. Is this a church that knows how to have a good time? If you're new and you, if you like church to be dry and, you know, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're with that, we used to call it the, cho- the chosen frozen in the back row. Y'all been to that church? If that's your church, this might not be the place for you because here we love Jesus. We believe every Sunday is Easter. Come on. Amen? Come on, y'all can talk to me. Every Sunday is Easter at the Gathering Church because every Sunday we live in that same power. You know how it is when Easter comes around. You get so excited. And uh, I'm just excited. I feel like it's Easter today. Easter's my favorite holiday. And, uh, and I feel I'm just like, it's wow. Jesus got up, and uh, we preach that. We, we believe that. We believe that we can get up. That means that we can stand up, and we can live for God. And we can do great things because he did great things. And he said greater things would we do. And I just think it's so incredible what God is doing here through this church. I love your pastor. I love John Mark. I love Rael. I love their children, Dagny, Eleanor. I love the whole crew. I love Robert. I love, I mean, the whole everybody here. Mikey, come on. How many of you know, this is, you got a good team. Do you love your people? Do you love the, the people that God called to Asheville? Hey, they gave it all. They moved here and gave it all for you. 
and that's incredible. We forget that. Sometimes we, uh, we forget that there are people who are making a sacrifice spiritually so that we can have a place for our families to be loved and to, be, uh, and to grow and to, and to get into God's word and just and see miracles. They're going to walk with you. And I just, I'm excited today. We're going to have a good time in church. We're going to be here for about 25 more minutes. And I'm praying, my prayer this morning has been that the Holy Spirit would touch this place, that we wouldn't just do some type of routine, some type of little church thing where we come and check a box and it's just another Sunday and we kind of did our, you know, southern duty of going to church on Sunday morning. But instead, how about if God would just touch our hearts right now? Can you imagine what would happen if God could set somebody free in this place? Could you imagine what would happen right now if the Holy Spirit would just invade? So let's pray and just open ourselves to that. Father, we just worshiped you. We said it's your breath in our lungs. And God, we thank you that you gave us breath today, that we got up. And it's a miracle that we're a human being on a planet that's placed just perfectly, Lord, that we don't freeze and we don't catch on fire. And you put breath in our lungs right here. And in the universe, you're the God of it all, yet you see us right now in this moment. And nobody is here by accident today. I believe your Holy Spirit is moving right here in this place. Would you bring your word to life as we look at several scriptures and help us to know how to follow you better? Maybe if there's somebody here today who doesn't know you, I pray, God, that their heart would be just awakened and that they would respond to the love of Jesus, that they would feel your love wrapping around them, pulling them, drawing them into your purpose. God, we give you permission to do whatever it is. Have your way in this place. And the church said together, amen. If you have a Bible, you can get in Romans with me. You can pull out your iPad, your iPhone, you can open your eyelids, however you want to get to, the, to your scripture. Romans chapter 8, uh, and, and as you're getting there, I'm going to be uh, just looking in verse 14, 15, 16, uh, read a couple verses. And as you're uh, getting ready to read that with me, let me just say my wife is in the building. Uh, my, my children are in kids ministry today, and we're just so, so happy Uh, to be here, and I just love my wife. Can you just give Whitney a hand? She got up. She's the one that got all the kids ready this morning. How many of you know I owe it all to her? Come on. And behind every good man, you know there is a better woman. Praise God. Somebody over here said amen. Amen. That's right, Rayo. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. I want to take a minute right there and just say It doesn't say all who pay their tithes are children of God. It doesn't say who gives the most. It doesn't say all who uh, go to a life group. It doesn't say say all who do enough good works will make it, will will be called children of God. It's what's leading your life. And so today, if God's not leading, then you have to ask yourself, who's my father? Who, who's, who's leading? Who has authority in my life? So it's, that's Paul opening up as he's writing to Romans, and he's, he's saying here that if you're led by God's Spirit, then all those other things will follow. You'll be a generous person. 10% won't be enough. You, you can't get to enough groups of people that study the Bible. You can't show up on enough Sundays. You can't help enough serve projects. You can't do enough in the city to get Jesus out there because it's not you leading your life and then adding a little Jesus to it. It's not like I have my life and then I'll add a little God here. That's not what, that's not children of God. Children of God say, God, you take it all. Children of God say, God, you lead. You choose my career. God, you have permission to uproot me and move me. You have permission to ask more of me. Can I get a good amen? Amen. It's not a little bit of Jesus and then I have my life. It's Jesus is my life. And I don't get preached enough. 
Because it turns people away. But let me tell you something, the secret, the path to your purpose, the path to your victory, the path to the power that people want to see, in, they want to see their marriage full and healthy and, and, and good and, 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 and full of joy, their house with laughter. They want to see their children rise up and call them blessed. You want to see these things, generations uh, that walk in freedom and making an impact for the kingdom. Well, it begins with saying, it's not my life and then a little Jesus. If I'm a child of God, it's because the spirit of God leads my life. I say to God, you have permission to direct me, to uproot me, to call me, to humble me, to check me. How many of you know the Holy Spirit will check you? And sometimes the Holy Spirit checks you through your wife. Can I get a good amen? <laughs> the Holy Spirit will reel you in. He'll check you. So that's the first scripture there. And it's, it's amazing. The next verse is, so you have not received a little s, because it's just not, not God's spirit, but you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children, and now we call him, not master, not, 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 we, don't, we don't call him some you know, God up uh, sitting on a throne far away and distant and indifferent, distance from us, but no, we call him Abba, Father. God has come near. We, we come to him, and we know that he's our Lord, but he said, I don't want fearful slaves. This is your Bible. He says he wants sons and daughters. So if we understand that we have a God who's not looking to make fearful slaves, you've not been given. Has anybody ever gotten to the spirit of religion? Or maybe you grew up that way or you've seen it. Or maybe, maybe you're just kicking the tires on church today and you're like, I don't know. I don't even know if I really like Jesus. I don't know because it seems like it just creates these fearful servants. How many of you have driven by the sign on the interstate, turn or burn? Are you going to heaven or hell? Drive through South Carolina down there. I tell you, you'll see it. Come on, somebody. And, and it's like, you know, and what does it create? Fearful servants. And that's the Bible said he didn't want to create us, give us a spirit of fear. He wanted to create confident sons and daughters who know they're loved and know they have a father who, who, who adopts them and loves them. Do you know today, do you wake up and kind of have a spirit of fear? That's, that's the enemy, the voice of condemnation. God brings a spirit of conviction that gives you confidence to become the person he called you to be. He's Abba, Father. The first thing you need to do is you need to go to God most and first and most, first and most, every day. Go to God, crawl up in the lap of your Father, and just be a child of God. And just remind yourself, He loves me. I, I got some issues in my life, but He loves me because God's not trying to build a bigger building. How many of you know there's big buildings with no God? There's churches that we've got that they've closed their doors because they were moves of God that became monuments to some, something that happened in the golden years. And God is not looking to build a monument or some statue. He's looking to move in the hearts of his sons and daughters. And God is looking today to move in our hearts. He said, I want children. I want somebody to call me Abba Father. I don't want these people who have this fearful slavery type mentality. And if you walk in that, there's no freedom. It's not life giving. It leads to death. It's a form of godliness, but it's, it's never going to have the power of God. And today God is calling us into this relationship with him as Abba. He's not distant and indifferent. He's near to, this, to his sons and daughters. Whatever you're going through today, you need to just come to God first and most because God is not trying to build a building. God is not trying to build some nonprofit organization. God is not trying to build some cool network that's like a pyramid scheme and how many people can we get in? That's not what Christianity is. God is not trying to just build a crowd or just build as big, you know, or how about this church? God is not trying to create an event that entertains us. God is trying to build a family. Somebody say family. family. 
That's what God's building. It's not about a building. It's not about an event. We have buildings. We have events. That's all great. But at the end of the day, do you call him Abba? Do you know that word Abba means father? And God is looking for people who can come to him as sons and daughters. Today, I would tell you this, this last verse, verse 16, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Church, this is the good news. This is the gospel. I don't know if you've ever been fatherless or lost a voice in your life of a father, but it's so important to have the voice of the father. And he says he affirms us. And there are so many people who are orphans who are looking. They're looking, for, they're looking for purpose. They're trying to prove to the world in the culture that they have value. They're trying to show somehow that, they, that, they have, that you know, they're worth something. And they ask the question over and over again, what is my purpose? Why am I here? How do I find peace? Where, when will I be fulfilled? Where is freedom? I've come to tell you today that all of that is found in God's family. That all of that is found in God's family. And it's not that we don't know what to do to get to our purpose. It's not that we don't know what to do to find freedom. It's kind of like me. I know how to get muscles. I'm just not willing to do the work. Come on, somebody. I take the summer dad bod. Come on. Get, a little, get that base burned down. Get a little tan. Dad bod can get it done. I, I, I know what it's like to, I see the CrossFitters. It's not a lack of education, that, uh, of understanding. I consider myself, I really don't know how to, how to, how to get in shape. I don't really know how to, how to get there. I know how to get there. It's not an education problem. It's an execution problem. It's not a problem with discovering how. It's a problem with being disciplined too. We know what God has for us. See, it's like, there's this guy, Dave Ramsey. Anybody ever heard him? Anybody ever heard of this guy? He's made millions and bukus of money and millions of dollars saying things like, here's an idea, save more than you spend. What an idea. How did he do it? He just took simple principles. And what does he do? He creates a system of accountability, a culture where, where, you're, where you're challenged to actually execute on steps versus just making it general. Like, you know, he doesn't just say, well, good luck. He gives you a practical plan. This Bible gives us a practical plan to find purpose and freedom. And it's all found when you take your seat at the table of, the, of your father and you, you align yourself with your identity, not as somebody who's, you know, when we meet people, we ask them, who? are you? And we'd be, you know, hey, my name's Mitch. Nice to meet you. Immediately we'll start talking about what we do for a living. We identify ourselves maybe by, oh, I live on this side of town. Or sometimes we identify ourselves by our politics. We identify ourselves by how we grew up or our favorite kind of music. Come on, country music, you know, or over here, you know, it's, it's, we'll, we'll, we'll go into this different, and we kind of identify on these different things. But ultimately, all those things are good and well. But how many of you know that our first identity, who we really are, comes not out of our activity, but out of our, who, who, God has called us to be, it comes from the voice of God saying that you are his son or daughter. Can I get a good amen? amen. And so our, we too many times we let our activity kind of reflect and, well, I guess I'm a plumber. Well, I guess I'm a country boy. Well, I guess I'm this or I guess I'm that. And, and, I get, and here's the deal. You need to come to God and say, who am I? And when you begin to say, who am I? He'll, be, he'll begin to tell you. He will begin to show you that you are somebody who's called to walk in freedom. 
He'll begin to show you you are somebody who's called to live with purpose. He'll begin to show you you are somebody who's called to step out and step up and to make a difference in this world. He'll show you that you're called to be that husband that you've always dreamed to be, that maybe you know you, you didn't see your dad be and you don't know how. Come to this book, come to God and say, Holy Spirit, bring your word alive. Show me how to find purpose. Show me how to live this life. But so many people are searching and grasping and there's a scripture in the Bible in Isaiah that says that people for lack of wisdom, they totter to the slaughter. It's literally in the King James. Somebody tried to put a little rap back there. Come on, somebody. A little totter to the slaughter. I read that. I said, okay, Drake. It was, I was reading that and it was crazy, but it's, it, it shows, it points a picture of people who are like, I don't really know. I guess I'm just going to wander off like, like an, a sheep being taken to the slaughter, aimlessly just going. And God says, no, I've got purpose for you. I want, I want you to be the dad. I want you to be the wife that I've called you to be. I've got something greater for you. And it's on the other side of not just doing activity, but finding out your identity. And saying, God, I'll step into that. And it's in this book. And so I just have a few ideas today of some things that aren't going to be like, oh, wow, that's new. I've never heard of that. No, you've heard it before. It's not an education problem. It's an execution problem. You know what to do. You know how to change. You know how to shift. But so many people, they don't commit to it. We know how to be blessed. The Bible says, you know, you, 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 this isn't in my notes, but how do I, if I want to see God give me more wealth, what does the Bible say? The Bible says it's better to give than to receive. And if I can trust you with little, I'll give you more. Duh. But how many of you today are going to write a, a check bigger than what's in your bank account? Because you, it's, it's a difficulty of execution on trusting and believing and taking a step out. So there's these little steps that we, it's clear in Scripture, but they're difficult to live out. Can I get a good amen? Because I'm the same way. Every time, I remember when the offering bucket used to go by in church, and when it passed by, it's like you reach for your wallet, but then your other hand hits your heart. You're like, oh, I feel a little pain right there every time I reach back there for that wallet. Because it, you, you work to get that, but you've got to give it to God sooner. Say, God, Holy Spirit, listen, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to step out. I'm going to believe. I'm going to be a generous person. I'm going to help those in need. I'm going to support the, the kingdom of God with my finances. And, and so there's some just simple things that you've heard before. But I'm going to challenge you today to just step out and say, you know what? I'm going to take a step of obedience. And I believe that as you do that, you're going to find those things that you're looking for, you're searching for. Because God has given us a plan. And it's all part of his family. So the first thing I would say to you is out of Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. The Bible says, but seek first. This is not, you've heard it before. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what a promise in scripture. All these things, everything you're worrying about, all these things will be added to you when you seek God first. Now, I read that scripture, and I'm a pastor, and I understand what it means. I get what Jesus meant. He said, don't put other things above God's kingdom, that God's eternal kingdom is more important than the temporary problems that you're facing. Well, that sounds simple, but when you wake up and you get up in the morning, how hard is it to make the first place you go a time of prayer? The first place you go a place of worship. The first place you go uh, a time in God's word. And, and, and here he says, seek first. And that's not just referring to the day. The day is looking at a 24-hour window is one way of looking at seeking God first. But it could be, hey, congratulations to everybody who's in this room today. Because the truth is that Sunday is still the first day on the calendar in America. 
And guess where you're at in the first few hours of the first day of the week? You're in church. Give somebody, can we, it's COVID, we can't do that anymore. Can't give your neighbor a high five. I bet y'all are like, thank God. Preachers need to retire that. How about we just give ourselves a high five? That's called clapping. Come on, let's put our hands together that we all made it here to church today. You never thought about that, did you? That's yourself a high five right there. That's a COVID high five. I just high five myself. I feel so good in church today. And when we, when we got here today, it was an accomplishment of saying, God, I'm going to give one of the first hours and get ready. I'm going to get myself to church because I value, I value the kingdom of heaven. And we don't come here to consume. We come here, we come here to worship, to pour out our praise on God. And as we, as, we, as we do, as we come and we pour out praise on God, isn't it, isn't it amazing how God pours down his presence into us? It's a perfect example of taking a first step and saying, God, I'll give you my time. I'll give you some of my, I'm going to give you something from me. And as you do that, God is so generous. He pours back into us. Whatever you're worrying about today, whatever is holding you captive, whatever worry or anxiety has gripped your life, whatever brokenness in your life today that you're just struggling and you're like, I just can't get this, this job. I just, I don't, I, something's got to change. Something's got to give. These kids, come on somebody. I need your help, Jesus. If you'll begin to say, you know what? I, I, I just, I'm going to seek you first. I won't let prayer be my last resort. I know you've heard this, but it's going to be my first response. I'm going to pour, I'm going to pour out my praise. I believe that God then says, let me take care of your needs. And that's a promise in scripture. And so here's the practical point for that. If, if you're really going to prioritize God's kingdom and say it's first, then you've got to look at your life and you've got to begin to organize your life around what really matters most to you. So many of us, we, we, we understand that this life is passing, time is passing. And the question is, what will be your legacy in, in the life that you have? Will you have just paid off maybe a house, maybe, got just, maybe you got through school. Some of us, it takes longer than others to get through school, but you're like, Lord, if I could just get through college, Lord, if I could just get these kids raised. What the, here's the way the enemy works. If he, can't, if he cannot defeat you, he will distract you. And you have an enemy that will get you distracted in every season and think, if I can just get to the next season, if I could just, man, if we could just get these kids raised and get them in school and not at home all the time, then I'll have some time to us. And then you think, if I could just get to, get to the next thing. And you remember how it was. You think, if I could just get married, then you get married. You think, well, if we have kids. And then when you have kids, you think, Lord, if we can just get these kids raised. <laughs> and the enemy, he'll distract you in every season until you look back and you say, where did I ever do anything for God? Where, what was my legacy? But God wants to invade every part of your life. And if you'll put him first, it's, it's not that he's trying to get you to be some weird church nerd who's, who, who's in church 24-7. No, he wants you to leave from this place and let, let, let him become first at work. Let him become first with your kids. Let him become first in your marriage. Let him become first in your career. I mean, everything that you do is saying, you know, I'm going to reorganize my life around what matters most. And I believe that God's kingdom is first. And as you do that, I know this is challenging. What I'm saying is it's no big idea that you've not heard before, but would you be disciplined this week to say, God, you're going to be number one in each area? That I'm going to look at my life and I'm going to reorganize it so I don't get distracted and look back one day because I've done it and say, where has the time gone? And when, I, I wanted to do something great for God. 
I remember when I first got saved, I want to tell everybody, but I haven't told anybody in seven years who Jesus is, yet I say I believe he's the, the savior of the world, and yet I don't tell anybody. I just stay to myself. No, God wants, it's not, he doesn't want to make you to be that weird person at work who's got a Bible thumping people and dropping those little tracks. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? No, don't be that person. But instead, when you go to work, pray, God, give me a conversation today that points to you. Give me, give me an opportunity. And, and then also, it's not like, man, I have to go to church. Man, I have to go to a life group. Man, I have to go to step one. No, if God is important to you and you're not connected to the church, I, they said step one. I'm going to take one step today. It's 20 minutes. They keep my kids while I'm in class. I'll go. They're going to feed me a little food. They're going to give me some snacks, another cup of coffee. Come on, somebody. At Starbucks, it's five bucks. Here, it's free. Come on, this is a good place. And I'm going I'm to take them up, and I'm going to take that step. Why? Because I believe that God deserves it all, and he leads my life. I don't just give him a little bit of my life. And, well, God, here's the leftover. Sunday isn't the last day of your week, and if I make it, I will. And if I don't, I won't. It's the beginning. It's the beginning right now. We're saying I'm going into this week with purpose. Come on. Do you understand the shift? Come on, somebody. What would, what would it look like for a church in Asheville to say, I'm not just coming into a, a, this community with the idea that we're just going to be happy and clappy and get through 60 minutes, but instead, God's going to invade every time we show up to that place because we're coming seeking him first. Oh, that's different. This sounds a little bit like that Holy Spirit stuff. I mean, go read your Bible. The Holy Spirit is not playing church games. He's not playing social status. The Holy Spirit's here to invade the earth. The upper room was a little group like this of people meeting somewhere. Nobody could see. And, and, and all of a sudden, God moved, and they came out of that place as a family, sons and daughters, no longer slaves to religion in the law, but now set free, ready to go and change the world. I believe God sent me here today. I told John Mark, I said, I don't want to go and just preach a little sermon that I planned. I said, I want God to speak to us in a way that we can shake our city. The Holy Spirit has to invade this place. Can I get a good amen? amen. And so today, you've got to say, God, Spirit, have your way. We sing about that all the time. We sing songs like that all the time. God, do what you want to. God, we're making room for you. And then we say, but only after my tea time. And only if it can fit in between on the, on the night. I mean, you know, only if, you know, if it can work around, you know, travel ball. No. What would it look like in America if the church would get a hold of this Bible and say, it's not that we don't know how to bring revival. It's that we're not obedient to bring revival. It's not that we don't understand how to have a move of God. It's not, we're, we're just not willing to make the sacrifice. It's not that we need to, un I don't know how to save money. I don't know how to, no, it's practical. It's simple. It's easy. Love people who aren't like you. What would a church like that look like? What would it look like if all people, every nation, tribe, and tongue, we didn't have to wait till we get to heaven to see that, but we saw that here in this school, right here. We had to have so many services because there's no limit to who can show up. Anybody can show up any kind of way, and we're going to love them like Jesus. That's what God is into. He's not into buildings. He's not into budgets. He's not into more butts and seats. He's not into the coolest, the latest. He's not into haze machines. He don't, you can use all that stuff. The method does not matter, but the message is the same. I'm building a family, sons and daughters of God, people who say I'm about the Father's business. It's not me, my kingdom, and a little Jesus. It's his kingdom first. The second step would be after you organize your life around saying you, I'm seeking you first, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a priority, church. It's not, it's not a little thing over here, but it is the kingdom is my family. These 
are my brothers and sisters and I'm about the Father's business. He is Abba Father. This isn't just a ticket to heaven. This is a command to go and change the world. This isn't just, I hope that I get there. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. I show up sometimes. No, this is I lay my life down so that others can meet my Savior. This is, this is what it is to be a Christian, to say, not, not I give a little bit, but God, I give it all. Come on, somebody. And, and it's not a, I don't know how. It's a, I struggle with being willing because I'm, I have flesh. So I would say this. How do you, how do you like, make that happen? You're like, I, I don't know. I mean, do I just do this by myself? No. The second thing I would say to you today is make a commitment to this community. To understand that I need a place that holds me accountable. I need a place that celebrates with me when I win, and I need a place that's with me, I need people. I need a gathering, I need a group. I need sisters and brothers that when I'm walking through something and I don't see God, they can remind me. They can remind me that they can be, essentially, when I can't see God, the Bible says we get to be God. We get to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We, we, we're not God, we're not perfect, but we get to be a part of what God is doing. We get to play the part, and so we get to celebrate when people win. We get to, we get to cry and carry others, other people's burdens when they're going through the hardest times in life. And let me tell you something, until you need it, you don't know that you need it. But wait till you win and you get that check and you get that promotion and you look around and there's nobody to ride that boat with you. Wait till you lose and they walk out on the marriage and you have nobody to call because nobody really knows you. And God said, I did not design you to live in isolation. It is the enemy. Not only will he distract you, but he will isolate you. If the enemy can get you alone, then he can get you defeated. If he can get you alone, he can get you to fall. If he can get you alone, then he can get you discouraged. But it's hard to discourage somebody when they got a whole group of people around them saying, you can do it. The Bible says that you're more than a conqueror. The Bible says that you've got the spirit of God in you. The Bible says that you, you know, when you've got people reminding you of God's word and challenging you, you're better than this. That's why I like community. I like community. That's why I don't go to CrossFit. Because if I did, I, my life would look a little different. Because it's community, it's the power of somebody who says, where were you? And they'll, they'll begin to challenge you. And it's in your Bible. Look at this, this is amazing. It's not new. This has been around like thousands of years. But we're still not getting it. We're still not getting it. Psalms 92 and 13. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Are you planted today? Or do you just kind of drift in and out and just kind of just check it out? And do you just kind of get a little close? And, and then when it starts to get hard because somebody knows you and you've been exposed and that's when challenge comes, then do you, do you withdraw? Or are your roots planted? And I love that the Bible wasn't really like, it, it didn't kind of sugarcoat it and say, well, if you're planted in a nice little Bible study every month and if you're planted in FCA, no, if you're, no, it said if you're planted in the house of the Lord. Now that's Old Testament and we understand now that God has built a church in a different way, but God doesn't change and that scripture is the same. If you want your life to flourish, Jesus talked about it. You got to get rooted in good soil. Can I get a good amen? And if you're wondering, what is that soil? Man, I'm telling you. Here it is. You're sitting in it. You've got an opportunity for a, 
This is a group of people that love God and are hungry. They didn't, they didn't just say, well, I guess we'll just go to church. They moved here to plant a church so that this city would be changed, so that, so that there would be a, a shift in the spiritual atmosphere, so that God would, not only would, and Asheville gets this whole uh, thing about, like, the, the uh, was it Wiccan and all that? Help me out. I don't know, but I'm not into all that, but I know it's like tarot cards and circle. I don't know. It's, it's all kind of stuff, right? It's got a, it's got a history, this, this community. If you don't know, now you know. You can go look it up. But you know what else the enemy has used over the community? is a spirit of religion. A form of godliness, but a lacking of a church that is reaching into the gates of hell. We're supposed to go after the lost and just brings them in and just sits them down. And it's everybody in every color and every background and every person. People who got it all and people who have nothing at all. And, and he, he's looking for somebody who says sons and daughters all together going after the Father's heart. And God is saying, this is where you can plant yourself. And the beauty of it is, when you get planted, when you dig roots deep, God says, I'll cause you to flourish. Whatever you root down is what, whatever you get rooted down in, that's what's gonna spring up in your life. And so I encourage you to get rooted down. Don't just kind of drift in and play God games and just kind of do a little church here and there. And they ought to be glad I showed up. No, 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 no. Lay your life down for the kingdom. Find, there's so many good churches. Find somewhere and lay your life down and go all in and say, you know what, God, I'll follow you. Because on the other side of it, it's your marriage flourishing. It's your finances flourishing. It's your children flourishing. I've seen God break generational curses off of my family of poverty, of addiction, of divorce. And you know why? I, didn't even, I wasn't even smart enough to like do it so that that would happen. I just began to get planted in the things of God, planted among the people of God. And then I looked up and all of a sudden, I'm finding freedom. I feel fulfilled. My life has a purpose. I never thought I'd be a pastor. I never prayed, if I'd have knew. But one day you look up and you're leading people. Why? And it's like, man, because you're planted. God wants to plant you. You can be a pastor wherever you are. You can be, you can, you can be a pastor to your family. You can be a pastor, you can be a kid's pastor at home, mom, to your children. You can begin to plant those kids in God so they flourish for his kingdom. So I just encourage you, commit, commit. Don't be a consumer, be a committed follower of Jesus. Don't be on the sidelines just watching the game. Get on the field, get in the game. And this is my last thought, and then we're gonna pray. You can find fulfillment in the family. That's the whole theme of the message, is that what you thought you'd find fulfillment out there getting that opportunity. You thought you'd find fulfillment when you got married. You thought you'd find fulfillment when you had, you thought you'd find, the enemy's been distracting you, distracting you. You're gonna find fulfillment when you get in God's family. No matter, it's funny how no matter what season of life you're in, when you're in God's family, you're connected to Abba Father. You don't have a religious spirit of slavery and he's some tyrant, but you have this spirit of a son or daughter who's confident in who he's called you to be. When you begin to make that commitment, you begin to do that, it's amazing how the fulfillment comes in your life. Watch this, Isaiah 58 and seven. The Bible said, share your food with the hungry and give shelter to those who are homeless. Give clothes 
to those who need them. And I love that this is in your Bible. And do not hide from relatives who need your help. How many of you got that one relative you just thought of? If it's not a relative, how many of you got that one person that when the phone rings, you just, your soul sinks? I call it the target test. When you're walking through Target and you see that person, you've got two choices. You can either say hello or you can dodge. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You've done it before. All of a sudden, you need something over in, uh, you know, uh, sporting goods. Because you saw that person before they saw you and you, you kind of, isn't it the American way to isolate ourselves and insulate ourselves from other people's problems? But God says, don't, don't run away from the, those people that are in need. Don't turn away from your brother who needs help. It says, and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then, notice this. This is a promise in Scripture. Then your salvation will come like the dawn. Then, right, your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward. And the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Everything back here, God's got it. I'm following, I'm led of the Spirit of God. He says, all who are led of the Spirit of God are children of God, Paul said. So I'm just gonna, I'm not worried about anything going on over here. Well, if I give this clothing away, or if I feed this person, or I help, or if I do lead a small life group, or if I do, if I do commit to the church, or if I do give 10%, if I let the Holy Spirit lead me, if I do the things that the Bible says, lead me, if I'm obedient, it's not that I don't know how to be fulfilled as a Christian, it's I'm not willing to be disciplined to take the step. But if I allow God and I say, God, I'm not going to keep grudging and holding back and thinking I can do it better. I believe that God's plan works. So I'm going to work God's plan. And I'm going to begin to do the things that it says. When I do that, then my salvation comes. Then my marriage gets changed. Then my family gets, gets blessed. Then things shift in my life. Did you know that you following the Holy Spirit and allowing God to use you is actually the key to you being fulfilled? And so Jesus says there's no greater love than to lay down your life. And he's given all of us this opportunity to be adopted. I had the opportunity to adopt one of the children that we have in foster care. And his name is Andrew. And we were foster parents for him for a little over two years. And then finally, uh, no one came forward to take him. And so we adopted him. And he's, he's our son now. He has our last name. And I'm so grateful for my children, every one of them. Uh, that we, we, we had Jamin first and Ellie Grace and they were born biologically and, and they're connected and they have our blood. But I wanna tell you something that's amazing. If you ever actually go through an adoption and you follow through that, it's amazing how God has wired us that blood does not matter. But it's that when, you put, when Andrew pulls up a seat at our table, he has the same access to me as every other one of my children. I never say, let Jamin go first, let Ellie go first. Now, Andrew, you're adopted, now it's your turn. What, did you need something? No, his needs are equal because he's adopted. And do you know today that God has adopted you and given you an opportunity to have access to an Abba, access to a father, and everything that you're looking for, I believe it's found when you follow God's plan. And God's plan was never to build a building, it was never to host an event, it was never to create some movement that, that was just you know about some, some you know, little uh, one section of society. No, Jesus 
came so that he could be the one who laid his life down so that we could have access to his father so that God could adopt the sons and daughters back in to his family. And today, you have an opportunity. So I want to pray with you right there where you are, every one of you. If you'll pray with me, eyes closed and heads bowed. In this moment, I want you to reflect on your own soul for a minute. I want you to really look at your soul. Don't just think about what's next on the agenda, but ask yourself, is Jesus a part of my life or is Jesus my life? Do I really believe this book called the Bible? Have I really ever said to God, God, you're really first because you're my father. Do you know where your freedom is? I'm asking you. And if you say right now, as you reflect, man, I need Jesus. I need to know the father. I'm gonna pray with you right there. You can pray with me and say, Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you're more than a religion. Thank you that you are more than a story. You're more than a good teacher. Thank you that you are the son of God that gave your life so that I could find mine. God, I stop fighting. I, res I stop resisting the Holy Spirit. And right now I give you an invitation. Have all of me. I receive your grace. I receive your mercy. I receive right now the gift of new life, abundant life, everlasting life. And I thank you for it because there's nothing I could do to earn it. It's only because you're good. And I will follow you forward in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said together a good amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for all those who just prayed with me? The Gathering Church Podcast is produced by the Gathering Church Creative Team. Want to get involved? Fill out a Connect card online at gatherashville.org. Find us on Facebook at The Gathering Church or on Instagram at Gather Asheville.